well, it's today it's Turkey, right? But what was this country back then, right? <clears throat> and I don't know. Uh, and so, I mean, if you use that logic, because people, anytime people try to explain away the word and explain away, uh, especially miracles, because usually the reason why you want to explain the way the word is either to explain away miracles or to increase the opportunity for your flesh to run your life. So if I don't ever have to confess my sins, then I can just do what I want to. And so if my flesh is elevated or, or, or um, supernatural things are, are de-elevated, then I'm suspicious, amen? I'm suspicious of your doctrine, amen? If you elevate the spirit and you, and you elevate uh, signs and wonders and miracles, well, then okay, right? Because that's who God is. And if you elevate anything in the word that who God is, that's fine with me. But if you try to minimize something in the word to elevate some, some uh, aspect that's not the word or that shouldn't be our priority like our flesh, then I'm suspicious, amen? And so, uh, and that's just, that's just kind of walking around sense, amen? That's not, let's say the Lord, that's just, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? And so, but people do that all the time. And people, uh, and, and one thing, uh, and, and you know, I'll, I'll balance that out with this is, I, I used to be the kind of person that if you ever said anything like that, I'd just cut you all off and just, you're just dead to me, right? And, and I mean, as far as doctrine goes, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't treat you bad or, you know, uh, wouldn't be unkind to you, but, uh, but I have learned that, you know, even if somebody's really, really wrong, they may have still have one nugget of truth somewhere along the way, amen? Uh, and so, uh, uh, unless the Lord just tells me to, and you know, uh, I don't know that he's ever told me to not ever listen to somebody again. Um, but there are people that I don't, li- I don't really listen to much at all. Uh, but it's not so much as it's a law. It's just, you know, you're supposed to eat the hay and leave the sticks. But if all you're eating is sticks, after a while it gets kind of old, right? And so, <laughs> so you find your path for you, right? But, uh, but you should always, I mean, because in every situation, anytime the word goes forth, it's your responsibility to confirm that, yes, that is the word, and I choose to accept it if it's the word. And if it's not the word, then you should uh, always, without exception, regardless of who it's coming from, reject it as not being the word. Amen? Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, there, there, uh, I, I know, uh, I mean, really, except for Brother Hagen, I, I don't know of anybody that, uh, that I've ever uh, accepted the vast majority, but they said, and, and even Brother Hagen, Sometimes he'd have an opinion about things like you shouldn't wear shorts anytime. You know, well, I like to wear shorts because I like to go outside and do things. But he didn't have a thus set the Lord for that. He just, well, I don't, I don't see any reason why you'd ever need to. Uh, well, you know, if, if all you are is a minister and all you ever do is preach, you know, in the tie-on, then, you know, you may never have an opportunity or need to wear shorts. But, and I don't care. You do whatever you want to, right? I mean, there's, is there a law? There's no law. Uh, and so, uh, but things like that. So, you know, on occasion, there'll be a, a small opinion of things. But even if somebody's given an opinion, if it's somebody I respect, I will still listen to the opinion and then give it weight and see if it's something that I, can, I should pursue in my life or not pursue in my life. Uh, and so basically I don't make a law. Uh, and, and that's the best way to live is just don't make laws about everything. Well, I'm never listening to that guy. I'm never listening to this guy. You know, I'm, ne- I'm never doing this. I'm never doing that. And after a while you find out that you're not doing anything because you've cut off, cut off everything and everybody out of your life. And so just be careful about that. Amen. Uh, and I have found that what happens a lot of times is that people will get an opinion about something, and, and it happens in the church a lot, that if I say something and you disagree with it, well, okay, that's fine. That's uh, welcome to the human world, right? I mean, if, if, you're, if you come to church here, there's going to be things that you disagree with me about, amen? Uh, and, and, you know, when we get to heaven, the Lord will show you where you're wrong, I'm sure. But, um, you know, you're, the thing is, what do you do about it, right? 
do you let it fester and do you let it grow to the point that you get so full of resentment that you just leave and you miss out on everything else? You know, sometimes people will do that, uh, that uh, they get, they get uh, a thorn in their craw about something that was said or, or some belief that I state. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm passionate about what I believe. Uh, hopefully that you are too. Uh, but <clears throat> sometimes people will, will just let that just grow in them until they just uh, explode. You're like, what? why are you so mad, you know? Uh, and it's because they've been thinking about this one thing over and over and over again. Well, that's not just in the church. That's in your relationships. It's at, jo- at your job. And people will say things about their boss or their work or their church or their school or their spouse, things that, you know, may have happened 100 years ago or may have happened even yesterday. But, you know, uh, they, they let these things uh, go over and over again. I think we talked about resentment a while back uh, in church on a Sunday morning. Uh, and resentment is, is one of these things uh, that word is not really found in the Word of God, but if you look it up and research what resentment means, it's really kind of low-level unforgiveness, right? It's like these little things, you know, I mean, if I came and, you know, shot your dog or something, okay, that's, a, that's an event that you have to forgive me for, right? Uh, but if I just, you know, said, hey, how come your dog's got such short legs? You know, that may offend you a little bit, you know, and you'd be like, you know, what, you don't like my dog? Well, then, you know, tomorrow they go, hey, how come your cat, you know, where's all the hair in your cat? How come your cat don't have more hair? You know, then now you're resentful about that too, you know, and, and it's not anything, you can't pinpoint it, well, you know, I need to forgive him for saying that because it's such a minor thing, but it's, it can pile up in resentment until the point that you, you go off and do something, you're like, what, what's the deal? And, and if you ever tried to explain all the little things, you would look really foolish. Well, you know, you said something about my dog's legs, you said something about my cat's hair, and I'm like, really? That you're, you're mad because of that? You know, but you would never say that. You, you'd come up with something, well, you know, you're a horrible person or something. Uh, and so resentment, and the Lord really went out after, and really after I t- taught that, the Lord started working me over about areas of my life where, you know, you got resentment about this and resentment about that. It's like, oh, Lord, you know, I mean, I was preaching to them. I wasn't preaching to me. Uh, and, and um, but, but uh, you know, if your heart is what desires to know the Lord, he will always do that. He will always take any word that's preached and say, okay, now, here, here's, here's where you need to line more up with that word. You know, you, you're preaching that. In fact, there, there was a time when, when um, Brother Hagen wasn't getting some finances, and, and I've told the story many times, but uh, the deal was that uh, he went to the Lord after being on the road for a year and not uh, being financially stable and quoted the Lord, uh, Isaiah 119, that says that, uh, that, if you're, that if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And, of course, the Lord said, well, you know, you're not you're obedient, but you weren't willing. But the other thing that he said before that was, uh, he said, yeah, you're really good to go out and preach faith. He said, but you don't live by faith. Now, he said, that's like a, you know, it's like a stab them in the heart, right? You don't live by faith. He said that to Brother Hagin, right, uh, who, whose whole life was about teaching faith, right? I mean, if he was talking about you know, you talk about end times, but you don't really believe about end times. Like, okay, well, we don't really teach about end times, so okay, fine. Uh, show me where I can improve. But, you know, the Lord really, uh, but that was true, right? Because he said, you know, live by faith, but you're not, if you're not doing your word, you're not doing the word, you're not living by faith. And so, um, anyway, it's, uh, you know, just uh, even if I preach something, you know, I can't guarantee you that everything I preach, I'm doing it at 100%, amen, because it's in the word. Uh, but I, but I can tell you that uh, that rarely, if if ever, the Lord doesn't does show me 
where I can line up more closely to what I just preached. Amen. So I'm, I'm having to live just the way you are, right? And, and, um, and I can't tell you how many times I've walked away from the pulpit and think, well, okay, I've got, I've got some work to do. I've got to straighten this up, tighten that up, you know. And it's not like, like uh, open sin that you've got to confess to anybody. It's just things that, uh, you know, yesterday you didn't really realize you're doing it, but then you see the word and go, well, you know, I could do better. And, and that should be a normal, healthy part of our, of our Christian existence, amen? You should, on a regular basis, review your life in relation to what was preached and ask the Lord, Lord, am I doing that? Uh, and you should never say, Lord, that's for somebody else, right? <laughs> I hope you get them over there because I know they're not doing it. That's not, that's not my job to, to figure out who's not doing it besides me, amen? It's my job to figure out where I can do it more closely than uh, according to the way it's written, amen? Uh, and so let's open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians. We'll get started today. Uh, we, um, uh, <clears throat> of course, last week when we were here and... Uh, Reverend Charles Capps was uh, uh, substituting. We have great substitution uh, uh, ministers, amen? So, <laughs> so whether they're behind the pulpit or on the screen, they're, they're, we always have great people that come and sub here. And so um, we had gotten in, uh, to where we were talking about um, verse 10 there. We kind of got to the end of verse 10 where it says that I may know him. And that word know means to know him at, at an experiential standpoint. Uh, and the power or the, the supernatural miracle work and power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And we talked a lot about uh, how, how we become conformable to, the, to his death is by how much we realize that we add no value to the Lord. Yeah, as far as, you know, Lord, you need me in these types of things. Lord, I'm so awesome. I've got this, Lord. We need to be like Jesus who said in John chapter 5, I can of mine own self do nothing. And, and when we can live that way, then we're, that's the death that he's talking about. He's not talking about the cross because that was a substitutionary sacrifice. We don't go to the cross. But the death that he lived, that I, I can't of my own self do nothing. Everything, I, uh, what I hear is, is what I do. And, and so um, that's the, 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 how we conform to his death. So Jesus knew that he was as useful to the Lord as a dead man. Uh, because he could of his own self do nothing. So everything he did, he had to depend on somebody else, which was the Lord, right? He depended on the Lord. And we have to get to that same point, too, that, that uh, we have to realize that, that regardless of the talents and the gifts, you know, you reckon Jesus had any talents and gifts? Just naturally? You know, he's probably pretty good. He was probably good at what he did. He was, uh, as far as we know, he was a carpenter. He was probably a pretty good carpenter. Imagine anything he laid his hands to prospered. Uh, that's the old covenant, and, and um, I'm sure he was a, 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 a way above average carpenter, although he kept his eye on the future that he knew he wouldn't always be a carpenter. Uh, and so, but uh, he did, he did uh, uh, do that for a period of time, uh, but he didn't see that uh, as being something he brought to, to the Lord. And, you know, Jesus also uh, was not constrained like we are having the sin nature in us, and so he, he lived all of his life uh, alive unto God, uh, unlike us who did up to a period of time until we, we all committed the, the, uh, uh, the sin unto death or the sin that uh, caused us to, to uh, be like Paul said that I was alive without the law once, but when sin revived, I died uh, in, in that sense. Uh, but, <clears throat> and then requires us to be born again after that. Jesus never went through that, so... His mind was always clear all of his life, is, is my point. And he had to be having the life of God in him. He was probably a very intelligent person, just 
just naturally speaking, every human being, I think, could be a very intelligent person if they could live in the life of God the way we all need to. Uh, and uh, no doubt Jesus was, was way above average, if not the most intelligent human being on the earth at that time. Uh, and yet he always said he could of his own self do nothing. That's the death that we need to be conformed to, that, that we are as useful to the Lord as a dead man, and that all we do is, is just what we're told. Amen? And, and all we do is, is depend on Him. All we do is yield to Him. And if we'll do that, see, then, then we are conformable to His death. Uh, and yet Jesus did amazing things, didn't He? Amen? And yet He said He could of His own self do nothing. And, and yet that was the great fall during the, uh, the healing revival that, that from 1947 to 1958, so many of those ministers would get so full of themselves uh, and so arrogant, egotistical about how wonderful they were and how amazing they were to do all these healings and miracles. And Jesus uh, put them all to shame, no doubt, as far as the quantity and the spe- how spectacular they were. No individual has ever done more miracles than Jesus has uh, as far as the supernatural miracles like that. As a whole, the body of Christ probably can and will, if not already, has exceeded what Jesus did when he was on this earth. But... Uh, no individual because they would have to have the same level of the Spirit of God and nobody has ever had the same level of the Spirit of God. Uh, and so, and yet there was so, so much ego uh, in, the, in that time frame. And even today, you know, in the ministry, uh, I, you know, I'm around a lot of ministers and most of the ministers I'm around are just wonderful people, you know, uh, humble servants of the Lord, uh, great servants of, of, of the Lord Most High, but every now and then you come across one that really thinks they've hung the moon. Uh, you know, that, that uh, doesn't want to talk to the riffraff, you know, doesn't want to rub elbows with the common people, you know. Uh, and, and to me, it's just really distasteful. I don't even like being around that because it's like we're all dirt. Amen. And if I ever rise to the level that I think somehow I'm more valuable than you or more important than you, I'd be so ashamed of myself. That, that, I, if, that I, if, I, if I ever thought, you know, Lord, uh, I'm, more, I'm more valuable than anybody in this church, right? Uh, or if I'm in a meeting, I'm, Lord, I'm so much more valuable than all these people, you know? It'd be so, so embarrassing, you know? And, and Jesus, so many times, uh, he, he, you just, when I was just reading him, he just uh, was always uh, so uh, unimportant in his own mind. He would just talk to anybody that talked to him. He would go anywhere that, you know, that the Lord told him to go and, and never was pretentious about anything. And, and uh, so many ministers, you know, you can't talk to them except for 16 layers of, of uh, bodyguards and, and uh, security. And I understand, you know, that, that there is a lot of, lot of uh, crazy people and, and um, especially, you know, Jesus was limited on Israel. And, and uh, sometimes if, you're, if you have a worldwide ministry, there are lots of people who want to consume all your time. And so there may be some, may be necessary to do that, amen? So I'm not opposed to them doing that, but when, when they just won't even talk to folks. You know, Brother Hagen, oftentimes, after meeting, he just walked down the hallway and uh, just talked to anybody, just stop, stop talking. You know, I did that once or twice. And of course, I didn't go to school there, but, but um, uh, and so I can't say I know Brother Hagen, but um, yeah, he was fine to just talk to folks, right? Now, if he was a crazy person, you know, the security would just, you know, because sometimes Jesus would show up, you know, in a meeting and, in a robe and sandals, and they'd have to drag Jesus out of the building because, you know, I'm Jesus and I've got a message for, for Brother Hagen. Well, that's fine. Uh, you're going to step outside, right? Or we're going to drag you outside. And, and so, <clears throat> but, um, but are we conformable to his death? Amen. 
and, and the reason why I wanted to, to repeat that again, uh, because the very, next, the very next verse, he says, if by any means I might, a, I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. So uh, the only problem with verse 11 about attaining to the resurrection is what, what, what event must occur, or typically occurs, before resurrection? Death, right? So if you're not conformable to his death, you can never attain to the resurrection. Uh, and, and so a lot of people, I don't want to attain to the resurrection, you know. And, and of course, the resurrection, uh, it's, it's not talking about the resurrection of when Jesus uh, comes back uh, there, but um, it's talking about the goal of what does the resurrection of Jesus represent. It, it represents complete and total victory. Amen. Because that's when, at the resurrection of Jesus, is when victory was complete. Amen. So it wasn't the cross. The death on the cross wasn't the victory because he still had three days and three nights uh, in the heart of the earth, right, in the region of the damned. Uh, and then he, he obtained uh, victory, right? And Easter is why it's a celebration, of it, uh, such a great celebration, is because it's a celebration of complete and total victory. So we want to attain, or to, that, that word attain means to reach a goal. So we want to reach the goal of having complete and total victory in our lives, amen? But Paul says you, you cannot do that until you first are conformed to his death. Amen. And so a lot of people want to skip that, well, that death part. That, that, that means I, I would be very important. So I, you know, I don't want to do that, you know, because I'm a pretty important person. And so uh, I, I just want to have complete and total victory. Well, you'll never have complete and total victory until you have complete and total understanding that, that you're a dead man. Amen. Uh, and so, so Paul knows that, right? He said, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So that, that's a pretty, pretty big goal, right? Complete and total victory in this life. Amen. Not just... Uh, in the resurrection when Jesus returns, because when Jesus returns, all those that are dead in Christ will be resurrected from the dead. And if you're not uh, already physically dead, you'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, but um, this is talking about in this life that we live here on this earth now, from now until our end of days. If Jesus tarries, then Paul says we can have a goal. We can, we can uh, have a goal to, to attain to complete and total victory in this life. And really, you know, for, for me, you know, I was thinking about, uh, you know, lots, lots of different situations I've gone through in my life. Uh, but one of the things the, Lord's, the, the Lord has, has uh, kind of stressed to me that, that's uh, important, you know, with a, with a goal and, and, and just thinking about uh, situations like this. Uh, you know, let's say that you're in a, in a difficult situation in a job, because uh, that's kind of a neutral ground right there. <clears throat> you got a difficult boss or whatever. Uh, one of the things that the Lord wants us to do is in those moments is find the victory in that moment before you move on. Amen. I understand there are, there are uh, certain situations where you need to leave and leave, leave immediately. Amen. If it's, if, it's in, if it's a danger in your life, if it's a danger to your life or, or there's other circumstances going on. That, so that, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about where your life is in danger. I'm talking about just where maybe somebody doesn't treat you as good as they ought to. And maybe it's your boss or a coworker or whatever. Uh, and maybe the temperature at work is not comfortable and, and, and you can't stand it anymore. Well, what happens a lot of times is, is we won't put up with it. We, we will just leave. And, and we don't leave by the direction of the Holy Ghost. We leave by the direction of our flesh, our emotions, our, our, our mind, you know, our attitudes. We leave for those reasons. Uh, and how many, how many times have we done that? How many times have you been in a place and you left that place and went to some other place 
and maybe that place was better in some way and say, it must be God because it's better pay or better boss or whatever. Well, that's not the measurement of the will of God. Amen. The will of God is not a measurement of how comfortable you are in your flesh. Amen. And yet much of the church is driven by if I'm uh, every time I'm more comfortable in the flesh, I'm more in the will of God. Uh, and, and that is a terrible measurement. Amen. Because sometimes the Lord needs you to go into a difficult place, to go and, and root out, tear down, destroy, right? Like the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, and then you can build it back up. Amen. Uh, but but um, we don't want all oh, that sounds like work and it sounds hard and it sounds uncomfortable. But a lot of times the Lord needs you to get the victory in that, in that situation uh, for a lot of reasons. For one thing, because, you know, uh, just observing the Lord and how he operates is many times he'll put you in a situation for two reasons. One is because he cares about the people around you and he needs you to be a blessing to them. But two, he's always training us. Everything we do, he's training us to be, you know, uh, he's trying our hearts, right? He's testing our faith. Uh, he's, just, he's just trying to uh, temper us, right? To, to be the refiner's fire, right? He's trying to uh, prune us like John 15 says. He's always trying to make us better, amen? Uh, and sometimes you can't be better unless you get in a situation where uh, that person over there knows how to push all of your buttons. Sometimes the Lord will put you in that place so that you can see that you've got buttons because sometimes well, I ain't got no buttons. I'm, I'm perfect, right? But you get around that one guy over there and it just like nails on a chalkboard. And he don't do anything, but just nails on a chalkboard. Every time you get around him, just nails on. And so sometimes the Lord will put you in there for your benefit. Uh, now, now, there's no sin. He's not trying to make you sin. He's not trying to tempt you with sin. He's trying to get you to be better, amen? And so he wants you to, to have the victory in that moment before you move on. Uh, and, and, you know, there have been lots of, uh, I mean, I've had bad bosses. Chris has had like a whole slew of bad bosses. You know, she's had some great bosses, but she's had some world-class terrible bosses. Uh, but she never left um, because the boss was terrible. She would leave when she got the victory, and then later on the Lord would always promote her into something else. Sometimes she'd jump two steps, you know, uh, and, and be promoted in, in a significant way like that. Uh, and yet I've seen a lot of Christians in fact, I was talking to one friend of mine. He had a terrible boss, and the boss was one of these fellows who resented people with college degrees. Well, you can't learn everything from a book. Well, that's a true statement, but there are some things you can learn from a book that you will not learn any other way, amen? So to make a law like that is just as prideful as saying, well, I'm smarter than you because I learned what I learned from a book. Both attitudes are incorrect, amen? Uh, and, and yet I have been around lots of people who, who look down upon me because I'm a book reader. You know, if you, give, if you got a new piece of equipment, I'm going to read the owner's manual. You read the owner's manual? Yeah, yeah, because there's things in there that, you know, you go in there, hey, look at this button right here. I didn't know that button was there. Well, yeah, if you read the manual, you'll find the button was right there. Amen. And so I don't care. Don't read the manual. Whatever. No problem. I don't care. None of my business. Amen. But I'm a manual reader. And I don't have any problems with that. Now, other people get mad at me. You should just be led by the Holy Ghost. Someone told me that one time. Uh, we were having a problem with something, and I flipping through the manual trying to solve the problem. You just need to be led by the Holy Ghost. Well, then we don't need a Bible. We don't need a physically printed Bible because the Holy Ghost is the word, can tell us the word, can't he? So why do we need a printed Bible? It's just foolish. It's just so foolish. People just, just, just so prideful about how they think that their way is the only way. Well, you know, if, if you're not a manual reader, but you can look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's that thing right there. I bet if you push that thing right there, it'll work. And, and okay, that's great, you know. I was in a car one time, and 
and uh, with one fellow, and uh, this was back with cassette tapes, right? And so he was listening to cassette tape, and he got down the end of it, and he hit the fast forward button, and and then finally got the end of the tape, and then it flipped over. And I said, "Why? Why'd you do that?" He said, "Because there's not a way to get it to flip over unless it goes all the way to the end of the tape." I said, "Sure, there is." He said, "You don't know everything." Well, I, I, did I say I know everything? But there's not a cassette t- player in the world that I know of that can play on both sides that doesn't have a way to, to swap sides as soon as, it's, as soon as you want to. Uh, and so I just looked at it, and, and, and on this one, you had to press the fast forward and the rewind at the same time. And that's how you flip the sides. Now, some of them have a reverse button, right? You click the button, and it flips over. Right? This one, you push the both. And, and how do I know that? Well, because I'm a manual reader, right? And, and it had a little line underneath of them, you know, that would, and, and, and he was like, you're, you're a wizard, you know. He thought I was like magic. And, but he, he never did apologize for being rude and disrespectful to me because I, you know, I just said, well, yeah, there, sure there is. You know, I wasn't trying to be rude or condescending to him. You know, he just said, there's not a way to do it. And, and so, uh, but, uh, so anyway, the, the, many times the Lord will put you in a situation because he wants you to uh, obtain victory in your life, oftentimes. Uh, and, and the people around you, you know, may not even be aware of, of you're there for your benefit, right? Many times, and, and probably more often than not, the Lord's going to send you in there for somebody else's benefit. But even if you're there for somebody else's benefit, uh, you need to learn while you're there. Amen? You need to learn in every situation and, and look to your own self. Lord, am I, am I being successful here? Am I maintaining the right spirit of faith in this moment? Or am I just getting more and more resentful and more and more angry and more and more bitter because I'm in this place that I don't want to be? Uh, and, and, you know, you, you should only go into a place if you know if it's the will of God. And if it's the will of God, why are you leaving? Uh, and, you know, how many people have gone to a church and said, it's the will of God for me to be there, and then they leave? Well, did the will of God change? Uh, you know, did something happen that God... Now, I know sometimes it, God does move people to different churches, and, and I have no problem with that at all, right, amen? Because sometimes a pastor change, sometimes, you know, it's a different pastor, sometimes the pastor that's there becomes a different person, right? You know, one day they... Just decide, well, you know, God doesn't really believe. This faith stuff, it's all old, right? Uh, you know, I've heard stories after Brother Hagin died, people just shipped all their stuff, all their tapes and books of Brother Hagin back to Rama and said, well, he's dead, we're not going to do that anymore. Well, no, if you were in that church and, and, you know, you're going this way and faith this way, faith, and all of a sudden you hang a hard right, well, would God want you to stay there? Well, I don't know. That, that's, you know, there's not an absolute there, but there's a good chance that God would say, well, stay if you can help them for a period of time. And then after a while, once they've chosen to not change or not, then he may move you on. Amen. He moved us on. And, and I don't have a problem with people being moved on at all from churches. But if you ask your average Christian, why are you here? You know, and, and I know there are people who come here and they said, yeah, we left that last church. That pastor was, you know, he wanted good. He did this right here, did this right. I didn't like that. He didn't like that. I didn't like that. And I'm thinking, well, if you're talking bad about him, what are you going to say about me in a month? Amen. I mean, so it doesn't impress me. And of course, no one in here is doing that. But the people that we've had have done that, right? Uh, they run their other pastor down. And I'm thinking, you won't be here long. Because whatever, because I don't even know, but whatever he made you mad at, I'm going to do the same thing somehow, some way, because you're, you're, you don't live by the will of God. You live by the will of your flesh. And as long as you're happy, you'll stay. And if you're not happy, you're going to leave. And well, then that's just your life. I'm going to stay, you, you, know, you can't beat me out of, a, if I'm in the will of God, you can't beat me away. 
Uh, amen. Now, if the Lord says hello, I'll walk out the door. I mean, no, not even, a, not even a, a, a heartbeat away. Amen. You know, and that's why I stayed with my pastor all those years, because the, Lord, the will of God was for me to, for him to stay. People say, I've had, many people have asked me, why did you stay so long? Because it was the will of God for me to stay. And, see, but it wasn't, and I've told you why, because he said they were, that my, part of my role being there was to give all those people that were in so much sin and being so rude to his children and so unkind towards them to give them an opportunity to repent. Now, they never took it. They never, not one, not one single one of them repented to me. Uh, and, and they should have, right? Because I became the poster child and, uh, of all these things. But while I was there, I had to learn the victory. I had to find the victory in my heart so that I was no longer uh, just full of bitterness and anger and resentment and just, you know, just hurt. You know, I, you, know, uh, you know, people have been hurt in church. Well, I was hurt in church, but I'm not, that doesn't define me. You know, people, you know, for years when we hurt, you know, scars and wounds from church and whatever, they need to grow up. Uh, those things are terrible. They shouldn't have happened, but you need to grow up. Amen? And I'm not trying to be unkind, but you need to move past that. If you can't move past that, what's the point of anything? What's the point of forgiveness and faith and the Word of God and the Spirit of God if you can't move past what some pastor did to you a hundred years ago? How many people die bitter on their deathbed because of what some pastor did 50 years before? I hate every church. Every pastor should be shot. Every church should be burned. Well, what happened? Well, a hundred thousand years ago, a pastor said an unkind thing to me. Okay, fine. That was terrible. He shouldn't have done that, but, but how does it help you to stay in bitterness and unforgiveness for all those years? Amen. So if you can't get the victory, if you just bounce from, from one thing to another thing, you're never going to grow up. You're never going to attain to this goal, right, uh, to be uh, the resurrection of the dead of complete and total victory. So the victory is not just against other people. The victory is, is against your own flesh, against your own mind, against your own desires. It's against all the things that are trying to, in you, that's trying to keep you from serving God. Uh, and so you need to find that victory in your life. Uh, and I've told the Lord before uh, in situations, so Lord, I will not move until my emotions are, are in check. I said, if you, and I told him these words, I said, Lord, if you tell me to leave right now, I will not leave. Because I wanted to leave so bad. And if Lord had just winked in, the, in that direction, I'd have been gone. But so, so I found the victory. And then, you know, of course, my pastor died. We stayed at the church for five more months. But then one day, uh, the Lord spoke these words. He said, their hearts are fixed. Uh, uh, you're, uh, it, it's time for you to go. Now, what did he mean by that? He said, he, he, said, he meant that their hearts are fixed, that they're going to stay the way they're going to stay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's still there. Um, and, and after we left, they put a pastor in there. And then, uh, but the, the Lord told me this. Uh, it was, in fact, it was the, it was the it was the day after my pastor's funeral. He spoke these words. He said, they have, uh, this church has a small window of opportunity to, to keep the things that my pastor taught that were good and valuable and helpful, but to get rid of the terrible things that he had uh, invested in that church about when somebody leaves, we talk about them, we gossip about them, we run them down, uh, about calling people out of the church for everything publicly, right? Dealing with sins publicly every time without... You know, uh, I mean, there should be there should be like the last straw. Like, and, we, and I've been a pastor for 14 years. I've never done that, and and um, uh, I can deal with it in private, amen. Because you're a human being, you you have you're a child of God. Uh, I should honor that if nothing else, amen. Uh, and and uh, but the thing that he was implying to me that if we didn't change, it would be worse. 
and, and those things that were worse, you know, that, that were bad about that church got worse after we left. Uh, and, and I don't know everything about it, but just what little I know, it's, it's you know, it's kind of like the Matthew chapter 12 when the devil goes out, you know, uh, into the, uh, in the wilderness and, and, and seeking rest and finding none, he comes back, finds a house uh, clean, swept, and garnished, and it's seven times worse. And, and in many ways, they are seven times worse than they were when we were there because they wouldn't deal with it, amen? Uh, and so, and none of my business, I, you know, they, they can do whatever they want to, but, and you don't know all these people, but, uh, but see, I, I had to find the victory uh, before I could leave, amen? And I did. And so when the Lord said to go, we, I just, that was the last service I was ever at that church. And um, we, we called the pastor's wife, said, hey, you know, because uh, she, she still hadn't appointed anybody as pastor of the church yet. So we're leaving. We won't we'll be back. And she asked if we was mad. So no. You know, did something, somebody said something to you? No. Do you dislike any decisions that were being made? No. She never did ask me why we're leaving. She just asked me questions about, am, am I leaving for this reason? But we left because the Spirit of God said to leave. Amen. But see, if you leave for any other reason, well, I don't like how they outrage in chairs. I don't like, you know, uh, I had somebody get mad at me and left because we, we were preaching on the book of Deuteronomy. We got, I had some folks who got mad at me because they said I, I, I love Brother Hagin more than Jesus. Like, really? I, you believe that? Yeah, oh, yeah. One person left because they said my vision is wrong. What? Well, could you even articulate what my vision is? Can you even repeat what, what you think my, my vision is? Well, that's why I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, and now see, all those people got to stand before the Lord Jesus someday. And you're going to say, why'd you leave? Lord, that Deuteronomy, that book of Deuteronomy. You mean the book that I wrote and gave to Moses supernaturally? Yeah, Lord. You mean the book that, that set the whole, uh, whole uh, uh, plan of the Ten Commandments in motion and has got them ready to go in the Promised Land? You talking about that book? Yeah, Lord. The book that Moses, all of it was about Moses preaching them. Yeah, Lord. Moses. Yeah. Boring. Moses, my servant, who I always called my servant, who appeared to Jesus on, on the Mount of Transfiguration. You talking about that, Moses? Yeah, Lord. And of course, every time you be, yeah, you know, you got to get smaller and smaller, right? Lord, can I be excused? <laughs> and so, and look, I mean, it's none of my business in a sense because uh, I decided a long time ago that if someone leaves, I will not hold any resentment if anybody leaves. Because what if they want to come back? I mean, you know, if they want to repent, come back, you know, or sometimes, you know, like I said, sometimes uh, the Lord has other assignments. And I got no problem with that at all. But if you leave because you're mad, one person got up in the middle of service, and uh, not in the middle, as soon as I said, let's turn to Deuteronomy. It got up, walked out the door, never came back. <laughs> like, well, and I'm thinking, I like that. I've really, I, I don't know about you all, I enjoyed that message, right? And I may go back and pick it up again sometime. It was a great message. Uh, it, and of course, you know, my message is not any, I never preach a message, I preach a series, right? And so, but the whole message, the whole series was about how if you look at the book of Deuteronomy and everywhere, uh, many, many times in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses said, this is what belongs to you in the promised land. This is what belongs to you in the promised land. Vineyards you didn't plant, cities you didn't build, you know, complete and total uh, prosperity. All these things belong to you in the promised land. And so the whole point of the message was, well, let's find out what Moses said to them because the promised land is a type and shadow of our life today in the Holy Ghost. Right. Not in, just in salvation, but after specifically the Pentecostal experience of receiving the Holy Ghost is what the promised land in the old covenant is a type and a shadow of. Because they went through the, the, uh, the Red Sea, which represented crossing 
uh, into the baptism into the body of Christ. Then they crossed and they went over to the River Jordan and went through a second baptism, and that's the second baptism of the Holy Spirit. And everything in the promised land is that. It is our, what we should have, the victory we should have as life in the, uh, as a spiritual Christian is what Deuteronomy preaches anytime he talks about the promised land. And so I just went through the whole list of things. And there's a long list of good things. You know? and, I, and I kept saying, where is this found in the promised land? Where is it not found in the wilderness? Well, then if you're only ever a Christian, then you miss out on this. If you're only ever a Christian without being baptized with the Holy Spirit, this is what you miss. You miss this, you miss this, you miss this. God's not mad at you. There, was there provision in the wilderness? There was. They had manna every day, right? Did they have victory? Moses had victories against kings all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, that was a big part of it, right? Uh, but that's not all. If you go through other parts of Deuteronomy, it's got all kinds of wonderful things that it talks about. Uh, and so it's not, that, it's not that living just a Christian without the spirit for the experience is, is uh, that you have nothing because there is, there is sovereign uh, provisions that the Lord provides, like the manna. But see, the manna was a sovereign provision, not, not, not by faith. As soon as you cross in the promised land, a week after they crossed in the promised land, the manna ended. Now they had to... Uh, live by faith and, and get these vineyards that they didn't plant to continue producing fruit. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's a great, it was a great message. It's still a great message, amen? Uh, and so, but they, they said, they said it got so mad at me. I'm, I'm still to this day, I, just, I would just like to, can you talk to me one more time, just, uh, but slow, right? Tell me one more time, but slower, why you didn't like that message, right? Because it's the Bible, first of all, right? So, so explain to me like, like I was a toddler, like why you didn't like, don't explain to me like I'm really smart, like a, because I, I can't understand why you wouldn't like that message, right? Now, look, you, you were there, right? You, was it a good message? Oh, yeah, resentment, right. But see, what happens is, and, I, and, I, and you know, if you want to know the, 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 the whole story, I won't give you any names or anything, what was happening was somebody else was telling them he shouldn't be teaching like that. That's wrong. They, and see, they were planting seeds of doubt in their heart because they're weak-minded, right? And the other one was a controlling devil. And so the controlling devil is telling a weak-minded one bad things about me to the point that they got so mad they walked in. And I'm just like, they never came to me and said, hey, you know, why are you staking on Deuteronomy so long? They never came to me and said about anything like that. Uh, and and so, so, the, so the devil is manipulating the weak-minded person. They're both at fault. Because, see, if, when I was even with my pastor, even in the worst days, if someone came to me and said something bad about my pastor, you'd be quiet. I don't want to hear it. I'd just leave. I'm not doing that. Or have secret meetings against him. You know, one person said, you need to stand up and rebuke him. Pfft, are you kidding me? I fear God way too much to do something so foolish like that. Amen. Uh, and so, you know, but, but people do it all the time. Amen. Uh, and, I, and I'd be really careful. Uh, and I'm, I don't say this because I'm concerned about me. I'm concerned about you. I'd be really careful if anybody is telling you something negative against me as a pastor. Amen. Uh, because first of all, uh, if they have something negative against me, they should come to me. Amen. If you're a real man, you'd come to me. Amen. But see, they're not real men. They're, they're weak and, and they're full of the devil. Amen. And they pray they're wolves in sheep's clothing, right? Because they're in a sheepfold, but they're wolves. They're devouring the sheep. Because see, that person that left, that whole family that left, were young baby Christians. Where are they today? I don't know. But I bet you they're not where they could have been spiritually if they hadn't stayed here. I know I'm not the best teacher in the whole world, 
but I'm, you know, I'm okay. I do all right for myself. I've been to a lot of churches that don't teach anything, amen? Uh, and so I'm not trying to say my church is better, but if, if you're here by the will of God, then you're here by the will of God, and the Lord has things for you to t- learn here, amen? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it, it's for, first. Well, I mean, we ought to at least act like a Christian on occasion, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, to me, it, it's a terrible indictment on us as Christians if we can't be. Kind and friendly to each other when we see each other. You know, I saw just someone the other day uh, at uh, at the store that one of the of that group, you know, that got mad because that one in particular said that I love Brother Hagen more than Jesus. And you thought that I'd ruin their whole day. Wow. And I, hey, how's it going? You know, and uh, just. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's not on them. That's on me. That's on them, right? Because see, I'm not mad at anybody. Uh, I mean, I don't know, you know. I mean, look, it's not about, I'm not trying to to elevate this ministry as being the only one to teach it. I'm just saying that uh, the will of God is all that matters to me. If you got here by the will of God, you know, why why are you leaving? Amen. Uh, And again, like I said, the Lord may want you to stay for a while, then go. And that's fine. I got no problem with that at all. Amen. Uh, And so, but I want to obtain complete and total victory in my life. I am not a quitter. I will go way past the expiration date before I quit. I mean, it just, you know, and Chris knows this, you know, I'll get on some little thing. I'll be like, just, it's not going to win. It's not going to win. Uh, and I will just stick with it longer than I should have. I just should just give it up, right? Uh, and, um, you know, we, we were out here pressure washing the stuff, uh, the, the, the uh, sidewalk one day. And um, pressure washers to me are, are in the similar category as weed eaters, right? Uh, and printers, uh, you know, uh, I don't hate anybody, but there's a few pieces of technology. I just, it's just about hatred, you know, just weed eaters, just, you know, just, just because you're, you're, on, you're as far as we can be from the house and you run out of line, right? It's like, oh man, I gotta walk, walk a mile back to the house, you know, get, uh, you know, and, and the gas weed eaters, you know, you can't, and then half the time pressure washers, you can't get them started. To, why would it start? You know, it just, you know, it's just my lawnmower a hundred times out of a hundred. It's turn a key and it starts, right? A pressure washer. And so we're out here pressure washing and, and, and the hose is bust, right? Just, and I'm, and I'm like, you are not winning. You are not going to win. And, and there was somebody helping me and, and they're like, they're ready to quit. I'm like, we're not quitting. This is not going to win. This machine is not going to beat me. I will, you know, and so I went and got another pressure washer and I beat it into submission and, and, and I finally, you know, and we, we overcame, amen. And they're like, they thought it was such an amazing thing that I wouldn't quit. It's like, I'm not quitting. I, I'm not, you know, it's just uh, a friend of mine, we, 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 uh, we have this little app that uh, we've got thousands of, of uh, uh, Bible messages on this app from all kinds of folks like Brother Hagen and T.L. Osborne and folks like that. And I've got it on my phone. 
And it's amazing. I've got I set it all up. You know, it's all uh, been spent many years uh, in total doing it. Chris uses it. I use it. A lot of my friends use it. There was one pastor friend of mine had it, and he couldn't get it to work. It was working, but then it broke. And why did it break? I don't know. You know. Uh, and so what what happened? I think is he forgot his password. And well, I tried that. It doesn't work. You know. Well, that's not on me. That's on you. Uh, but then I said, well, let's try this. Well, that didn't work. I didn't try that. And, and, um, and I probably spent an hour. I, you, will, you will submit. You will submit. Uh, and I finally, you know, I beat that phone into submission. Uh, and, and, uh, and it came back to life, right? It started working again. And he was excited, right? But, I mean, the, the effort was, was way harder than it should have been. But some things, some, some uh, things in life are worth the effort. It's worth it not just for the end result, but that you will not quit in the middle of it and you will not get out of the will of God because if you want to if you want to attain unto the resurrection of the dead if you want to have complete and total victory you will only move when the, when the spirit of God instructs you to move otherwise you will fight almost to the death right I mean sometimes uh, the if you go through all the all the, uh, the the 12 apostles of the lamb every one of them died a horrible death uh, and, and uh, and, and the tradition tells us, they, like the Apostle John, who, who uh, I think John died of old age on the island of Patmos, but not because they didn't try to kill him. They tried to boil him in oil, and they couldn't kill him. It's like, we're boiling him oil. And he's like, well, you got a bar of soap, you know. He's just in there taking a bath in a, bo- in a boiling oil, and they couldn't kill him, so, you know, so they just exiled him away, right? Just got rid of him, and he died. He was the oldest, oldest apostle of the Lamb that died, uh, but all the other ones died a horrible death, uh, and they wouldn't quit. I mean, you've got to quit preaching the name. We're not quitting. You quit. Uh, and so, because, look, if you're going to quit because of, of a small thing, like, uh, like something a pastor says or something a minister says, you're going to quit because of that. What else are you quitting in your life? You're going to quit your marriage. You're going to quit your job. You're going to quit. Uh, you know, I talked to one fellow that came by here one time. He said, I need some, I need some financial help. And I said, where do you work? He said, well, I was working at Lazy Boy. Uh, well, are you working there? No, I quit. Why'd you quit? Well, the manager said something I didn't like. I said, how's that working out for you? <laughs> I said, what's the plan? I don't got no plan. I just quit. Well, what, you know, you got a family? Yeah. Well, what's the plan for them? You know, people just, get, they just do the stupidest things uh, because of their emotions. They, they, won't, they won't attain to the resurrection. They won't press in to get the victory. They won't find the victory in every situation. I'm going to find the victory in every situation and even if there's no victory to be had, the victory is I stayed until the Lord said to go, and that's the victory. Sometimes the Lord said, there's no victory here, you've got to go. Like, didn't he have that in Nazareth, right? He went to the hometown, could there do no mighty works? Was he victorious? 100%, because he stayed because the Lord told him, he went because the Lord told him to go, he stayed because the Lord told him to stay, and he left when the Lord told him to leave. That's the victory, right? That's the complete and total victory. That doesn't mean, that you mean, that doesn't mean everybody around you will have the victory, Right. My goal is to give everybody around me victory in their life as well. And not just as a pastor, but as a, as a fellow Christian, as a, as a member of the body of Christ. Is my goal is to give you victory. But if you don't want it, I can't make you take it. And there are a lot of people who just, they just don't want it. They will be floundering all of their life, spiritually. And they will act like they're the biggest uh, dude on campus. And, and, and walk around, and they waltz into a church, and they act like, you should be glad I'm here. It's like, excuse me, I, you know, I'm going to go... Uh, you know, throw up a little bit because that makes me just, you know, a little sick to my stomach when I hear people say things like that, right? Uh, but people do. They walk in and like, you know, you are so, you should be so glad I've arrived. <laughs> and so, uh, that is not, see, that, that is failing in being conformable to his death. 
And if, and if you fail to be conformable to his death, you will never attain to the resurrection of the dead. Amen. You'll never get the total victory if you don't first learn how to, how to be conformable to his death. Amen. And to me, it's worth the effort. It, now, look, it, it is painful. Uh, some of the things, some of the stories I tell you just my own, own life when the Lord's dealt with so many things in my life about how prideful I've been. Uh, and, and I'm so glad that all of you, except for my wife, you know, uh, have not, didn't know me when I was Jared's age, right? She knew me a long time ago, and, and why she stuck with me, I don't know, but, you know, she must have saw something that wasn't there because, uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I would be embarrassed to be the way that I was when I was Jared's age. Jared was, is not the way that I was. I'm just trying to say Jared's like me. He's not. He's way ahead of me, uh, but uh, I'm just so glad I got to grow up a little bit in some areas, amen? Uh, and so, uh, and, and look, I've got, uh, and Paul said, that, you know, later on, he says, I haven't, I haven't attained it yet. I haven't arrived yet. I have not arrived at it yet either, amen, and I know that, uh, and the more that I, the more victories I have, the more I realize, wow, Lord, there, there's a lot, long way to go, amen, in some areas, but see, this is Paul's desire, that, that if by any means, right, what, what are you willing to do, what means are you willing to go to, to a, a, attain to, right, to reach the goal of having the victory, the equivalent victory that Jesus had when he uh, was resurrected today. What did he have to go through? See, he had to go through hell, right? He had to go through the separation of, of, uh, of uh, the Father God for the first time in eternity. He had to go through that. Nothing we'll ever go through will, will equal that, right? The, the light was turned off from Jesus for the first time ever. That's why he, he uh, resisted going to the cross at all in the sense of not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. He, he didn't want to go to the cross, not because of the shame or the pain or the, anything. It was the, that he was going to be separated from the Father for the first time in eternity. And he just he didn't want to do it. He, he did not want to do that. He said, not my will. Not my will. Right? What was his will? To not go to the cross. Not my will. But then he said, but thy will be done. Amen. And he, of course, he did say, Lord, if there's any other way, any other way, let this cut past for me. And there's nothing wrong with that. talking to the Lord about that. Nothing wrong with Lord, you know, this is really hard. I'm really having a hard time here. You really, you really want me here? You know, I did talk to the Lord lots of times when I was with my pastor. Lord, you really want me here? Because I'm not making any headway. I'm not helping anybody. At least, that, you know, now there, there were probably other people who saw, and, you know, I had, uh, you know, more than one person come to me and say, what'd you ever do wrong anyway? They're always picking on you, but what'd you do wrong? Because I've never seen you do anything wrong. But what'd you do wrong? You must have done something secret, right? What you see is what you get, right? I mean, I, you know, and, and I can, with all, with, with, with all confidence, say I, I never did anything to deserve those things, right? Where I did, a, did some infraction, some, some slight or some sin or, some, you know, gossip about somebody or, or backstab somebody or you deserve those things, right? Not that we deserve those things, but, you know, there was no cause for that treatment against me other than just I wouldn't yield. And, and so, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, the, did I help anybody? I don't know. But the Lord did, did tell me at one time that my ability to help them. He, now, look, before we get prideful even about that, that doesn't mean other people couldn't help them. But my ability to help them would come to an end. Amen? Because sometimes the Lord will, will send multiple people across your path because you're too thick-headed for number one, but you might listen to number two, right? So they didn't listen to me, but they might listen to somebody else. And I pray that they do, you know? Uh, and so... Um, so, it, see, it's not about me. I'm not the only one who could ever help them. Amen? Because, again, if I think that, then I have not, 
I am not conformable to his death. Lord, I'm the only one. Who does that sound like? Sounds like Elijah, right? Lord, I'm the only one. I'm the only one serving you, Lord. See, when you, when you make a statement like that, Lord, I'm the only one living for you. The Lord's like, he'll just yawn. Uh, you know there are thousands of people in your city right now that are living just as well for, for me as you are. He didn't, you know what he told Elijah? 7,000. 7,000. He's the prophet. He's the seer. What's a seer supposed to do? See. And he couldn't see 7,000 people? That's like going through Dayton and seeing zero people. How many people live in Dayton? About 7,000, right? A little bit more now. But have you ever been to Dayton and see nobody? Literally nobody. Like, you know, you go to Walmart, nobody's there. You go to the donut shop, nobody's there. You know, I mean, everybody's at the donut shop, right? Uh, I mean, you go, how can you, you go to Lowe's? Nobody's at Lowe's. How can, where is everybody? Yeah, that was Elijah, right? He went through the whole, whole nobody, I'm the only one, Lord. Yeah. And so, see, when you, when you make statements like that, uh, it grieves the Holy Spirit because it's, it's not being conformable to his death. You think that you're so valuable that you're the only one who can do it. See, uh, the one thing the Lord showed me uh, that, that helps me, he says, he doesn't need me, he needs us. Because if I don't do it, he'll find somebody else how to do it. Now, it'll get done, and sometimes it doesn't get done, right? Remember Ezekiel, he said, I, I looked for a man, I couldn't find a single man to intercede. Sometimes there are things that the Lord desires to do that are not getting done because he literally can find nobody to do it. And so that's true. So he doesn't need you, but he needs us because if you're not willing, he, you know, there's a good chance he'll find somebody else. Now, he may not, and if nobody's willing, then... then but he's not going to compromise for your benefit. He's not going to, well, I'll take him anyway. You know, I'll let him do it anyway. He'll do whatever he chooses to do, amen, and use people, whoever, whoever's willing, amen. Uh, and so, so that's our goal. We need to have a goal of complete and total victory in our life, in every area of our life. Nothing runs our life. No emotions, no thought, no history, no past. Because no, so many times people are controlled by, by the mistakes they made yesterday. And it controls their life. I, I, I'm unworthy to, to, to do anything for the Lord because of a mistake I made a thousand years ago or even a mistake I made yesterday. I'm going to quit. Did the Lord tell you to quit? Did the Lord tell you to step, step aside and, and get out of the ministry? Even after Elijah did that, he still was Elijah for, for 11 years after. Remember the Lord said uh, there in, in 1 Kings, after he told the Lord, he said, now you go and, and anoint Elisha in your stead. He basically w was told that, that uh, I'm replacing you in your stead. But how long did it take? How long did Elisha serve Elijah, roughly? 11 years. So, you know, even if you make a mistake, you know, there's still 11 years. There's still a lot of time, a lot of work that the Lord can do with us, amen? It's rare that that happens where the Lord's like, I, I can't use you. Uh, but it does happen, amen? And so, but don't, 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 uh, uh, don't quit on your own, amen? Sometimes the Lord uh, will take people home. Amen. That that fail and they end up, you know, dying young, but not because he's killing them, but because of mistakes they made. But if, but it, uh, look, uh, just be careful, right? We we shouldn't live such a life that it doesn't matter what mistakes I make. It does matter, because if you're not conformable to death, you're going to be making mistakes. And if you're sure not trying to attain to the resurrection of the dead, you're going to be making mistakes. Uh, now we don't have to, but but people who are not fully invested in that will be making lots of mistakes. Amen. They'll live how they want to, do what they want to, go where they want to without any concern of what the Lord wants, what the, what the Spirit of God wants in their life. Amen? Uh, and, and they're small people. The people that do that, just, they're small people. There's no people like that 
you know, I, I desire to help them, uh, but um, uh, they'll struggle in their life. Amen? They want to become the great person that the Lord wants all of us to become. I believe he wants every person to be a great person of faith. Amen? Uh, and so I think this is a great, this is a huge goal, right? I, in fact, the word I put, this is a lofty goal. Uh, and will you achieve it? Did Paul achieve it? Well, he said, after, at, at, even at this point in time, he hadn't achieved it yet. But uh, I wouldn't mind being at least where Paul was at, at least. You know, wouldn't you like to get there? I, mean, I think it'd be all right. Amen. But he hadn't reached it. But he still, he said, by any means, I'm going to get there. Whatever it takes. Whatever flesh I have to put down. Whatever emotions I've got to stop. Whatever, whatever thoughts I have to tell to be quiet. Uh, what, and the any means part is, is really just on you. It's not about who do you step over and who do you advance, you know, by running them down or getting ahead of them. It's not about competition with other people. The competition is you. You are the you are your only competition that you have to deal with, amen. The Lord will take care of everything else, and so uh, let's have that as a goal to to obtain to attain to the resurrection of it. Not obtain, right? We're not trying to get. We're not trying to die and be resurrected. So it's not that word. Not obtain. It's attain, right? To to reach that goal, amen. Uh, and so, uh, but we can get there uh, if you want it bad enough. You can get there. I believe if you want it bad enough, you can get anything the Lord has for you, amen. Uh, are you willing to do it by any means? Whatever it takes. When the Lord says, hey, that, that attitude, that unforgiveness. I mean, are you willing to just, you know, however painful it is to give it up? Are you willing to do that? Right? How about forgiving yourself? Are you willing to do that? A lot of Christians, nobody's ever done anything to them except for themselves. And they can't forgive themselves. Unforgiveness, it doesn't say when you're in unforgiveness about somebody else is a problem. It's unforgiveness, period, is a problem. Amen? If you, if you will not forgive yourself, uh, and, and Paul, he st- he's got to start going to that, and we'll talk about that next week, maybe, but, um, well, I, I'm not going to make any promise. We'll talk about it when we talk about it, right? And so if I make a promise, and, then I'll be stuck because I don't know if we'll get to there or not. Amen? But, um, but uh, I want to do that. Amen? Uh, I, wanna, I want to attain to the resurrection of the dead um, uh, by any means. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we thank you for the word. And, Father, we thank you for being good to us. Father, for strengthening us and giving us your word and your spirit, Father. Uh, Lord, we thank you that we choose to live by, by faith, Father, and walk in love each and every day. And we hold no ill will, no bitterness to, to anybody, Father. And we thank you for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's get ready to receive uh, this evening's offering. Uh, and, and, you know, and I'm serious uh, when, I, when I say that if, if anybody who's ever left the church walked back in the church... Um, you know, I'd be glad to see them. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, hold any ill will towards any of them, even some of the ones that said the worst things to me. Uh, it, it, wouldn't, it just water off a duck's back. Amen? Uh, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, what did Peter do? Peter forsook Jesus, lied on him, all these things, and, and Jesus went right back to him, right? As soon as he was resurrected and dead. He didn't go, Peter, what's wrong with you? You know, you're such a loser, Peter. Uh, he didn't do that, amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared. Uh, and, um, but that, that was, you know, for me, that was one of the things I did observe about my pastor, and I did make a point in my heart that I will never let that happen. He got into so much resentment towards other people over the years for, for doing things against him or saying things against him that uh, it really hindered his ability to advance in his Christian walk with the Lord. And I observed that, over, and I, I, I just made it, I will never do that. I will, I will never do that because he was never happy. You know, when somebody walking, a new person walking, what do they want? A, an old person walk out the church, well, I knew they'd leave. 
He's always mad. You know, it's like, but why are you, why are you mad all the time? You know, you have a great job and people love you. And, you know, the church loved him. And, and yet it didn't matter about the, the majority of the people that loved him. It, it was always about the other people. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but we can, we can get past that, can't we? Amen. Uh, and so, praise God, be blessed. Uh, no, uh, we just have uh, church on Sunday. No uh, prayer is next Friday. So uh, church, uh, we'll see you on Sunday, right? And you're dismissed.